The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. The handle unmarked. But the gun has killed and the man has killed. People call them both the six-shooter. Around Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of Gunsmoke and the Six Shooter. Tonight on Gunsmoke, we have one of the better Gunsmokes ever, Word of Honor by John Meston. It's a tour de force, really, for Howard McNear. And it's an episode that doesn't just showcase the character, but also, which is amazing that Meston can do this, he can showcase a character and yet still have a plot that challenges you. Uh, This takes two characters that are friends, essentially friends, (laughs) and puts them against each other with two very different ideas of what honor is, of what making the right decision is of of what justice is and between this whole thing you have Matt Dillon trying to decide what's right and make everything turn out okay and protect his friendships so it's a really deep episode and a really excellent episode uh, well worth a listen and then after that we have Silver Threads on the Six Shooter and this episode is also about kind of a friendship and the way uh, figuring out what you owe someone and what you don't and doing the right thing so it's two kind of similar episodes uh, and a chance to enjoy one of our last six shooters that we're going to be presenting uh, just a few more weeks and then uh, six shooters will be done we'll be heading into playing another adult western for us. The adult western that's going to take the six shooters place is going to be Frontier Gentleman starring John Daner in the lead role. I think a really interesting adult western for you to hear and one that probably isn't heard quite as much as the other adult westerns and yet is really enjoyable so we have that to look forward to. Anyway without further ado let's get into Howard McNear starring in Gunsmoke and just doing a brilliant job with a script by John Meston, one of his best. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, 
Starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Not up there, Mr. Dillon. He's just plain vanished. There's no note anywhere. You sure of that, Chester? Nothing, sir. I looked again all over. Well, it's two days now. This isn't like Doc. Well, I still think he's just gone off on an emergency. Out in the country somewhere. Maybe, but he's always left word before. Hmm. Well, what do we do, Mr. Dillon? I don't know. Might start asking people, Chester. Uh, Try the saloons and the store and maybe... Maybe the depot, huh? All right, Mr. Dillon, I'll go right now. All right. Well, well, I do declare. What? Riding right up Front Street as big as life. Why, that old rascal getting us all worried about him. For land's sake, you sure are a sight for sore eyes, Doc. Where in the world have you been at, anyway? Yeah. Hello, Chester. Matt. Hey, you had us worried, Doc. That's so? You've been gone two days. I know. Next time, leave word, Doc. I will. I surely will. If I can. Well, it'd sure save us a lot now, of Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean, Doc, if you can? Just that. If they let me, I'll leave word. Come on inside, Doc. Well, all right, I'm curious, Doc. You want to tell me about it? I can tell you part of it, least important part. I made a promise about the rest. You know how it is, Matt? No, but you tell me. Well, the other night, Wednesday it was, I was peacefully asleep on my couch when a couple of riders tromped right into my office. They said a man was hurt somewhere out past Fort Dodge, so naturally, I got up and I went along with them. Well, then why didn't you leave a note and say so? They didn't tell me exactly where we was going, Chester. But they sure told me not to leave any note. They told you what? Let him talk, Chester. Now, of course, I figured then it must have been a shooting, but my job's to take care of everybody. Sinner and saved alike. And so, when finally we got to this place the next day... What place? <sighs> that's part of what I promised not to tell, Chester. But like I was saying, there was a young man there who'd got himself shot in the back. The bullet lodged right in his spine. And I dug it out, and I did all I could for him. And then I just sat there for quite a spell. And then I put my things away. And I walked out into the other room. Well, Doc, how is it? I did what I could... What do you mean? He's dead. The shock of extracting that bullet was too much for him. It's a bad place to spy on him. You killed him, huh, Doc? No. No, I didn't kill him. He's dead, ain't he? Look, mister, doctors don't kill people. Murderers Watch do. your mouth, Doc. That boy wouldn't have lived more than a couple of days with that bullet where it was. And whoever put it there murdered him. 
You want me to shut him up? Not yet. Doc, tell me something. You know that boy in there? I do. Sure. And the three of us here, you know any of us? Uh, him. I've seen him around somewhere. Dodge, I guess. Well, that settles it. He ain't walking out of here. Shut up. Know his name, Doc? No. No, I don't. Of course, it might come to me. Let me think now. now you I... don't understand, Doc. He wants to kill you already. Now you're trying to remember his name. That's just going to make it worse. You can't kill a doctor for following his oath? Oh, no. I shot that boy when he tried to get away, and I shoot you just as Don't easy. be a fool. I'm a doctor. And since there's nothing more I can do here, I got to be available to other patients. I've been away too long. Oh, no, what are we arguing about? The sooner we shoot him, the better. What kind of a man are you, anyways? Don't you know I'm the only doctor within a hundred miles of Dodge? Right now, it's one too many. Now, wait a minute. I'm kind of thinking the doc's right. He ain't like an ordinary man. But doctor, well, it's almost like he ain't quite human somehow. He's human enough to tell what he knows that hard-headed marshal he got in Dodge. And we'll have him on our tail, we'll never get our 20000 Uh-uh. Well, I figure it's us or the doc. I'm not interested in what you figure, mister. Right this minute, there may be some woman having a baby and needing me real bad. There may be several folk needing me for help. He's right. We can't kill him. I can't. You'll do what I say and nothing else, here. Oh. Doc, listen to me. If I let you go, will you promise not to tell about anybody you recognized here? And if I don't? Then doctor or no doctor, I'll kill you myself. Yeah, I suppose you would. All right, I'm here as a doctor and nothing else. I promise. Word of honor, Doc? That's my word of honor. Okay, get out. One other thing, Doc. What? You break your word, you tell anybody where this place is or who you saw here, and we'll get to you. We'll kill you no matter where you try to hide. I gave you my word, didn't I? Sure, but don't forget what I said anyway. Don't forget for one minute. We'll kill you or die trying. That's quite a story, Doc. And you played it right smart, if you ask me. Who were they, Doc? Well, tell us. Well, I only recognized one of them, Chester. Besides the man they'd shot. So you said... Uh, have you thought of his name no, yet? No, Chester, you don't understand. I, I gave him a word I wouldn't tell. Yes, but that was just so you could get away. Well, they'd have shot me for sure otherwise, but still I gave my word. It don't matter how or why. But, Doc, they're just a bunch of killers. I know. Leave him alone, Chester. But, Mr. Dillon... Yes, sir. Matt. Yeah, Doc. Wouldn't you do the same if you were in my boots... That'd be a hard choice, Doc. Yeah, I suppose I would. Why, any man would. Leastwise, any man of honor would. I guess I wasn't really thinking about it that way. Yeah, well, I'm going to get some sleep. Uh, uh, Matt, that was a good boy they murdered. I, uh, I hope they hang for it. Oh, Dad blasted him. 
How are we ever going to find him, Mr. Dillon? I don't know, Chester. We don't even know who they killed. It's funny we haven't heard about it. Maybe nobody's missed him yet. Just think. Doc could lead us straight to him right now. Well, it isn't making the Doc happy, Chester. No, sir, it sure isn't. I'm going over the Texas Trail, Chester. I'll be back later. Yes, sir. Hey, Sam, bring me over a bottle and a glass, will you? Hello, Matt. Oh, hi, Kitty. You want some help for that bottle? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm only going to have one. You can finish it. Sit down. Oh, my reputation's bad enough without my trying to get around carrying a bottle of whis- whiskey in me. <laughs> there you be. Oh, thank you, Sam. There you are, Kitty. Well, here's the luck. Yeah, I could use some. <clears throat> oh, you didn't come here to drink a bottle of rye, Matt. What's on your mind? Well, Kitty, I was sort of wondering if uh, maybe you'd heard any talk about uh, anybody being missing lately. Missing? Who? <laughs> well, that's, that's just the point. I I, I don't know who. <laughs> Well, you're sure not on much of a trail, are you, Matt? Well, a man was shot and he's dead. And I don't know who he was or who did it or where. All I know is that it happened. Well, I'll be darned. Well, Matt, I don't know a thing I've heard that it helped. I'm sorry. Oh, it was just a chance. You know, it's not often a man gets shot around here without everybody knowing about it. Well, I'm glad for that much anyway. Well, thanks, Kitty. Well, good luck, Matt. Yeah. Take it easy with that bottle. Yeah. I'll save it for you. So long. See you, Matt. Doc's been asleep for six straight hours, Mr. Dillon. He sure must have been tired. <sighs> yeah. Uh, here, Chester, take these letters down to the depot for me, will you? they got to be in Washington next week. Santa Fe pulls out in an hour, sir. I'll put them right in the mail car. Marshal. Why, Jake Worth, why, you haven't come into Dodge in the last six months that I know of. I'm here now, Marshal. Oh? Uh, Trouble, Jake? I'd call it that. Well? You know that cottonwood, the big one down at Brandy Bend? Yeah. There's a hole cut down by the roots at the north side of it. I put a sack in that hole this morning. It's got $20,000 in it. That's a lot of money, Jake, even for you. It isn't if Hank gets back all right. Hank? That's your youngest boy, isn't it, Jake? Yeah, 18 last month. Yeah. 
And that's ransom money. Your boy's been kidnapped, huh? He didn't show up the other night, Marshal. Next morning, I found a note tacked on the corral. Said to leave the money or they'd kill him. Well, come on, Jake. We'll try to get there before they pick up the money. No, Marshal, I won't take any chances. They'd shoot him sure if we did that. Well, you should have told me before you left the money. You should have come here first, you know. You didn't hear what I said, Marshal. I won't take the chance. All I want now is for you to watch for anybody who turns up rich around here. Jake, I want you to listen to me. Now you I... listen to me, Marshal. Nobody is going to do a thing till Hank's back safe on the ranch. Not one dang thing. Jake, if they killed Hank, you'd want him hung, wouldn't you? I'll hang him myself if it comes to that. I'll hunt him down like wolves. All right, then let's go. Let's get on to Brandy Ben and wait for him. No. I already told you no. Hank's dead, Jake. They already shot him. And he's dead. What are you talking about? Where is he? I don't know. And how come you know he's dead? I, I, I can't tell you. Marshal, I've had about enough of this. We're wasting time here. Come on, Jake. I'll tell you what I can on the way to the river. You better by heaven or one of us ain't never gonna get to the river. Jake Worth was known as a hard, hot-tempered man, but he was straight as they come. He'd made one fortune in Texas cattle and another in buffalo hides, and now all he wanted was his ranch and his three sons to work it with him. The Worths were good men. They didn't cause any trouble, and they worked hard. It was hard to tell Jake, but without mentioning Doc, I said what I could. And when we reached the Arkansas, we hid our horses in the clump of bush and worked our way on foot up the big cottonwood and I stood up and walked out into the open what are you doing Marshal you gone crazy come on Jake no use to hide now oh that's him there isn't it that's Hank I'm afraid so Jake <clears throat> And they killed him. They killed him all right. He was a good boy. Had his whole life to live yet. Why did they do it? I gave him the money. Why did they do it? I... I'm sorry, Jake. Marshal, I've been kind of confused by all this. I swallowed your story on the way down here. But I want the truth now. Every bit of it. That's all I know, Jake. Hank tried to break and one up and shot him. But we'll get him. I'll take care of myself soon as you tell me who they are. I don't know who they are. Don't lie to me, Marshal. You know a lot you're not telling me. What's going on with you anyway? I've told you all I can, That's Jake. my boy lying there, Marshal. He's been murdered. And if I didn't know you so well, I'd begin to think maybe you had something to do with now, it Now, just yourself. a minute, Jake. I know you're then, upset. Then but... why don't you tell me? Because the man who told me about it had to promise not to name anybody. That's why. What man? Who is he? I'll, I'll get it out of him if, if I have to cut it out. Yeah, I know. That's why I can't tell you who he is. What kind of a lawman are you, anyway? I've told you all I can, Jake. No. No, you haven't. Marshal, I don't believe your story about nobody. Promise nothing. 
You know who done it. And you're going to tell me or Don't I'm... Don't try it, Jake. You can't kill me and you know it. Nope. I can't. Me and my boys can. And I'm giving you 24 hours to name those men and then we're coming to Dodge. There'll be blood spilt, Marshal. Jake, I give you my word, I don't know who did it. I don't believe you. I'll help you take your boy home now. No, no. Go on back to Dodge. I'll manage here. You're making a bad mistake, Jake. 24 hours, Marshal. I'll be there. We'll find you wherever you be. Jake, I want... So long, Jake. Return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, 300,000 volunteers are needed for the Ground Observer Corps. This spare time activity serves as a vital supplement of the Air Defense Command radar network, which has certain unavoidable blind spots due to the curvature of the Earth. Men and women from teenage up are urged to become ground observers. Get in touch with your nearest civil defense center. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. There was no use arguing with him. The man's grief had destroyed his reason. And the worst of it was, I knew his sons would do whatever Jake told him to do. Unless I could stop it somehow, I'd have to shoot it out with three good and perfectly innocent men. For no reason at all. I thought about it all the way back to Dodge, and by the time I got there, I had an idea. I went up to Doc's and talked it over with him. All right, Matt, I'll do whatever I can. It might not work, Doc, and you'll be exposing yourself to a lot of danger. Have you thought about that? I have. I've also been thinking about the men who killed Hank with... Well, we could wait till they start spending their money or one of them gets drunk and maybe talks too much somewhere. We could. But meantime, you and the worst will have a gunfight. Oh, man, it'd be a terrible thing to let happen. All right, then, Doc, let's go. I want to get to the ranch before dark. Yeah, maybe Jake's cooled off by now. Enough not to start shooting on sight anyway. Yeah, we'll soon find out. Come on. You know, Matt, I haven't been out here since Mrs. Worth died. Oh, that must be four or five years ago. Well, the place sure has changed, hasn't it? Yeah. I don't see anybody around, do you? Maybe they saw us first. Maybe they're hit out. I hope not. See, Matt, I got an idea. Why don't you take your gun off and hang it around your saddle horn? Then they'll know you come peaceable. I can't take a chance like that, Doc. Not with Jake and his state. But I won't shoot unless I have to. 
He who lives by the sword. Look, Doc, I'm doing everything I can to avoid this thing. But I'll kill all three of them if I have to. All right, Matt, I understand. That's far enough, Marshal. Watch him, boys. If he makes a move, shoot. Yes, Lord. Jake, I came here to stop a shooting, not to start one. You can stop it, Marshal. Just tell me who killed my son. If I knew I'd be on his trail, Jake. I'm not sure of that at all. What's Doc doing here? Tell him, Doc. Um, I took the bullet out of Hank. He died soon after. What? That's right, Jake. Now come down here where we can talk like friends, and I'll explain it to you. Stay where you are, boys. Yes. All right, Doc, let's hear it. Well, they they got me out of bed, Jake, and they led me out into the country. Hank had been shot in the back, and I extracted the bullet, but it was no use. He'd have died anyway. There were three men there, and I recognized one of them. Who was he? Well, I had to promise I wouldn't tell, Jake, or they'd have killed me. That don't matter now. Now, think about it a minute, Jake. Doc gave him his word, and you're asking him to break it. Now, think about it for a minute. I'm thinking. Thinking about my boy, too. Hank's dead. You can't help him now. Shot in the back, and the coward who did it's run free. You want to help get him, Jake? Don't ask fool questions, Marshal. Of course I want to get him. Now then listen to me. Those men told Doc if he talked, they'd kill him. Yeah, they meant it, too. All right, so I got an idea now, Jake. We'll spread it around that Doc has identified the killer. The news will reach him soon enough. In meantime, I'm going to lay low. And I'll have Chester tell everybody that I've ridden out after them. Now go on. Then we'll just wait. One or two or maybe all three of them will come into Dodge to kill Doc some night soon. They still might get away. And I'll deputize you and your boys right now and you can wait for them with us. You'll have to stay hidden like me, of course. Uh, We won't mind that. Now that we get a chance at them, we won't. All right, good. Funny thing, though. What? man like Doc here, rather than break his word, he'll make himself a target for those killers. Yeah, Look, Jake, Doc and I are going to go back to Dodge now. I'll see that the story gets started, and in a day or two, you and your boys can ride in. But separately, though. Otherwise, it might cause talk. I understand. And come straight to Doc's. We'll get there. For the next few days, Doc never left his office. I figured that it'd make him look scared and draw the killers right into our trap. The rest of us sat around in his back room and waited. Chester kept us supplied with food and coffee, but we began to get pretty restless cooped up like that. And by the fifth night, we were being real careful with one another and over polite. But on the sixth night, about midnight, we got our game. Mr. Dillon? I think it's them. Where? They just rode up Hunt Street, three of them. They're tying up outside right now. They acted too deliberate like for ordinary riders, so I run up the back way to tell you. Doc, come on in. Uh, what do you want me to do, Matt? 
Take cover in here and stay out of sight. Yeah, whatever you say, man. Let's go downstairs and meet them, Marshal. No, we might just scatter them that way. Hmm. Now listen. One of them will probably stand guard on the street while the other two come up here to get Doc. Chester, you and the two boys go down the back way. Jake and I'll wait in the Doc's office. But don't jump that man while we go into action up here. Do you understand? I got it, Jake. All right, then move fast. Come on, Jake. Now what? Well, we'll just wait here in the dark. Good. I'll fix Doc's blanket on the couch here so they won't think he's in it. They're on the stairs now. All right, get back in the corner, Jake, or we'll be shooting each other. Wake up, you lying dog. Oh, just shoot him and get out of here. What? Wait. He ain't here. What? Get your hands up. You're under arrest, both of you. It's a trap. You all right, Jake? I got one of them. I'm all right. Doc. Doc, you can come on out now. Uh, yeah, all, all right, man. Uh, They're dead. Light the lamp, will you, Doc? Uh, all right, yes, you bet, man. Uh, light the lamp. Okay, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, come in, Chester. Well, we got him, Mr. Dillon. He tried to get away when he heard you up here, but he ran smack into one of the Worth boys. He's dead. Yeah. Well, I don't know either one of these men. Doc, you can tell us now, is one of these the man you recognize? Uh, let me see here. This one here. I remember later I treated him for a broken nose sometime back. I never did know his name, though. He, he came up on the, uh, up the trail with a herd, I think. It don't matter now, as long as they're all dead. <laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> Bring the other bodies up, uh, Chester. I'll do the autopsies quick and I'll get them out of here. <laughs> it's about time I got something out of all this. Okay, Doc. I'll fetch him. Well, Jake, uh... I'm satisfied, Marshal. Me and the boys will be getting back to the ranch now. Sure. Marshal, I... Yeah? I doubted you. I'm sorry for that. Forget it, Jake. No. No, it's best I remember. Man shouldn't make mistakes like that. Well, there was no harm done. The way it worked out. Uh, I'll buy you a drink before we leave, Marshal. <laughs> I think I'd like that, Jake. Come on, let's go. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. 
Featured in the cast were John Daner with Lawrence Dobkin and Harry Bartell. Parley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. This is Roy Rowan speaking over the CBS Radio Network. saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle, unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. James Stewart as the six-shooter a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. We'll be turning in here, Michael. Huh? As long as they're going into town anyway, we can be seeing whether there might be anything Homer Dante is needing. Well, we got enough to do, Pa, just getting the things we need for ourselves. Oh, now, what kind of a neighbor are you, Michael O'Hara? We'll turn in, I said. Okay, okay. That's one thing that you'll have to be learning. A man can't live by himself. And there's many a time Mr. Dante has done us a favor. Yeah, sure, sure. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Mr. Dunfield! It's Sean O'Hara, Mr. Dunfield! I don't see no sign of him. Maybe he's gone into town himself. Uh, Hold on. Don't be in such a hurry now. The least we can do is... Ah, Mike, would you listen now? Huh? Them cows. There's something the matter with Mr. Dunfield's cows. Reckon they're hungry, boy. That's what it sounds like to me. Ah, that's more than hunger that's troubling them animals. Come on, boy. Now we'll have a look. Oh, now, Paul, wait Michael. All right. Like as not, Mr. Danfield ain't going to appreciate us butting into his affairs. He's always been able to run this farm without look any Look there, help, would huh? you look? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, they've not been milked, that's what it is. The sun's in the middle of the sky and they've not been milked. Yeah. Uh, I knew there was something wrong here. I felt it the minute we pulled up in the yard, so I did. Maybe Mr. Danfield's sick. Maybe that's it, huh? Uh, sure, and I hope that's all it is. But when I get one of these foreboding feelings, well... Uh... 
Mr. Dunfield! Well, try it, boss. See if it's locked. Oh, no, I don't know. It doesn't seem right to enter another man's house when he's not... That's for his own sake, ain't it? Here. If he ain't home, we'll leave him a note explaining the... Paul. What is it, Mike? Over there, across the room by the sofa. Michael, that's Mr. Dunfield. Oh, he has been shot bad, real bad. Yeah, but there's a spark of life left into him. Would you get the doctor, Michael, as fast as you can, and I'll stay here till you yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah, sure, boss. Uh, sure. And the sheriff, too, the sheriff. You best bring the sheriff. Yep, boss. That poor Mr. Dunfield. I'd expected to reach Pearl City before nightfall, but it looked like I'd been a mite optimistic. The sky had already lost most of its color, and I still had a good 15 miles to go, so I slowed Scar down to a walk. Easy, boy, easy. Oh, that's yes. Uh, I started looking around for a place to make camp. It didn't really much matter when I got to town. The spring roundups were sure to be over, and a day or two, one way or the other, wouldn't make any difference about my finding a summer job. Besides being out in the range for another night, I'd probably get a lot more sleep than I would in any of those hotel beds. Well, about a mile further on, I, I spotted a little flicker of light behind a couple of gray-green boulders, and when I rode up closer, I heard somebody singing and playing a guitar. Ah. Oh, it looked like I wasn't the only one in the range that night. Oh, howdy. Howdy. Wow, that sounds real pleasant. Yeah. Mind if I use your fire for a spell? You're more than welcome to it, mister. Climb down from your horse and make yourself at home. Wow. Thanks very much. I'm heating up some beans. It's plenty for both of us. Well, that's mighty considerate of you, but I've got some grub of my own here. Well, there's no point in wasting it, is there? Like I said, I got more than enough here. That is, if you don't mind eating beans. No, no, no. I reckon that's what I'm carrying, too. My name's Ponsett, Britt Ponsett. Well, I'll be darned. Huh? I sure heard about you, Mr. Ponsett, and that gun of yours. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm Toby Yeager. Oh, I'm pleased to meet you, Yeager. Here, just let me get my guitar out of your way so you can sit down. Oh, thanks. Oh, I hope I didn't interrupt your singing. That sounded real pretty. Well, it just sort of helps pass the time, especially when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. You care to try a tune, Mr. Ponsett? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm afraid I'm not much of a singer. You just go right ahead. Well, ain't anybody going to hear us except in a few coyotes, and they're not likely to be very critical. What do you say? Shall we give our vocal cords a little exercise while we're waiting for them beans to heat up? Well, as I said... Come on, you know, I like that third verse. Uh, Oh, beat the drum slowly and play the fife lowly. Come on, Mr. Ponson. Play the dead march as you carry me along. Take, Take me to, to the green valley where lay the sod o'er me. For I'm a young cowboy and know I done wrong. 
<laughs> uh, George, sounds like we were mistaken about those coyotes. Yeah, you, you hear them? <laughs> one of their favorites. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> How about you providing some music now? Oh, me? No. Yeah, here's the guitar. Oh, no, no. no I, I'm sorry. I just don't play at all. Oh, come on. You're joshing me, Ponsett. No, no, no. I'm afraid I don't know the first thing about it. Well, well, most any cowboy can get a tune out of a guitar. Maybe so, maybe so, but it just seems like I never had much of an ear for music. Uh, you don't need no ear. Here, come on, let me show you. Huh? Now, you just watch my fingers. Yeah. You'll see there's nothing to it. Well, I... Yeah, that's simple enough, ain't it? Well, I... Now, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make the chords, and you do the strumming. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you go uh, ahead. You uh, go ahead and strum. Uh, mm, mm, uh, mm, mm, yeah, you're doing fine. Oh. That's just fine. <laughs> the strumming part's a little easier than the cording, though. Oh, it? it's all easy once you get the hang of it. Now, give me your left hand. How's that? Your left what? hand. I'll, I'll put your fingers where they belong for the first chord. I see now. Yeah, yeah. There. Okay, strum. Well, I, uh, let's see. All right, all right. Uh, here's the next chord. You see? See, now, uh, now here, here's the third one. There. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Yeah, 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 this is kind of fun. <laughs> of course it is, of course it is. Now you do them yourself. What? Those three yep. chords I just taught you. Oh, you mean uh, you do them all alone? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, uh... <laughs> Now, now, this contraption just isn't for me. Oh, you mustn't give up yet. A little more practice, you'd be a first-rate guitar player. No, I was ma mighty flattering, Jaeger, but I think I'd better stick to Muhammad. Well. You go right ahead, now. Play some more. That, that tune you were trying to teach me, that sound real pretty. You mean this one? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard that before, have I? Oh, it's brand new. Folks back east are all singing it, but it ain't got this far west yet. Oh, I see. Are you from the east? No, no. Utah's my home. But I spent a couple of months in Chicago last winter. That's where I picked up this tune. I see. Uh, I sure didn't cotton to city life, Mr. Ponson. I headed back this way first chance I got. Been laying track for the Santa Fe. That's all? Mm hmm Line reaches Pearl City now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. yeah. But they had to stop there for a spell on account of some legal ruckus about the right of way. So I took my pay, bought myself that mare over yonder and moseyed on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about this song. Once you hear it, it, it just sort of sticks with you. Yeah, yeah, it does. Silver Threads Among the Gold. That's the title. Darling, I am growing old Silver threads among the gold Shine upon my brow today Life is fading fast away but, my darling, you will be, will be Always young and fair to me Yes, my darling, you will be Always young and fair to me 
No, that's real nice, Jaeger. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Oh, there they are again. He's <laughs> <laughs> got some more verses, but that's the only one I can remember. Do you care to join in? <laughs> no, no, I think I bothered the coyotes enough for one evening. <laughs> well, it looks like them beans are getting hot. I suppose we can interrupt our concert until after supper. Probably sound better on a full stomach anyhow. Oh, I don't know, Jaeger. In my case, I reckon it wouldn't make much difference. <laughs> Well, we had our fill of beans, and then Jaeger picked up his guitar again, did some more singing. I, uh, what with the music and all, I felt kind of sleepy, so I spread out in my bedroll, and the last thing I remember is hearing that guitar as I dropped off. The next morning after we had breakfast, Jaeger headed on south and I swung north toward Pearl City. A couple hours later, I was riding past the farms just this side of town. I noticed a buggy and four or five horses pulled up in Homer Danfield's front yard. Uh, Homer had always lived alone ever since I could remember. He never had been much of a man for company either, so I turned off the road into the lane leading to the house. Sean O'Hara was sitting on the steps, whittling. On the size of the pile of shavings at his feet, figured he'd been doing for quite a spell. Whoa, whoa, Scar, whoa, whoa. Oh, Sean. Huh? Hi. Don't you remember me? Brett Ponsett. Oh, why, for goodness sake, Mr. Ponsett. I never had no idea you was in these parts. Lordy, it's a miracle you've come. What's, what are you talking about, Sean? Oh, it's a terrible thing that's happened to Homer Dunfield. What? what? Him him lying in there right now, hovering between life and death, so he is. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. He's pretty sick, huh? He's been shot, Mr. Ponsett. A big hole right over his chest. Is that so? Uh-huh. Uh, it was along about noontime yesterday when we found him, Miss Son Michael and myself. Oh, that poor man. Well, well, just what happened, Sean? Well, now, if you ask me, it was a thief who done it. Sure, and from the looks of his house, somebody turned things every which way searching for valuables. And besides, anybody who knew Homer Donfield, anybody from around Pearl City, that is, they'd have no call to try to kill him. He was a well-liked man, Mr. Ponson. Well, he sure was, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. The doctor's staying with him almost 24 hours now, and Sheriff Gentle, too. But you know, the poor Homer has not breathed a conscious breath during the whole day and the night that followed... Yeah, and like as not, he'll never be able to tell us just exactly what... Oh, hello, Sheriff. Eh? Oh, howdy, Brett. Where'd you come from? Oh, just passed through on my way to town. Sean's been telling me about Homer. Uh-huh. Yeah, has there been any improvement, Sheriff? Well, I wouldn't exactly call it an improvement. He did come, too, for a couple of minutes. Oh? Huh? Well, you don't see. Yes, he told me what he could. But I'm afraid it won't do much good. The fellow broke in night before last, long about midnight. He was a stranger. Homer had never seen him before. And he didn't get a very good look at him either. Well, he was trying to rob Mr. Dunfield. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, that's the way it was. Uh-huh. Homer heard him prowling around in the parlor and come downstairs. The fellow let fly with a slug, caught Homer right under the shoulder. And he's lost a lot of blood. The doc thinks maybe one of his lungs is nicked too. Yeah, that sure is too bad. Yeah. Know. Well, not much I can do without a description, evidence. Uh, sure, no one couldn't he tell you anything at all about the man. No, as far as Homer can recollect, he was medium height, medium build. That's about all. 
Except for the song he was singing. The song? Yeah. Homer didn't pass out right after he was shot. Not entirely. He remembers hearing the fellow searching around and uh, humming and singing to himself while he was at it. Something about silver and gold and getting old. Homer ain't too clear in his own mind, and well, as far as I can tell, it's a song I never heard before. You ever hear it, Sean? No, it don't sound familiar to me, Sheriff. What about you, Britt? Britt? I've heard it, Sheriff. Huh? At least I've heard something mighty summer. of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponson. Well, I told Sheriff Gentle about running into Toby Yeager and his guitar, about the tune Toby tried to teach me. Of course, that didn't prove that Yeager had anything to do with shooting Homer Danfield, even though it was a new song. Well... Like Toby said, it was popular back east, and there might be other folks who knew it out west, too. But Yeager had been around Pearl City lately. He told me so himself. He was a medium-sized man and a stranger. So I gave the sheriff all the details I could remember. Yeah. Well, it sure ain't much to go on, but it's something. I reckon we better get started. Hmm? Tell you the truth, Britt. The doc don't figure Homer will last more than another day or two. And if we don't get this Jaeger fellow back before he... Well, you're saying that he sung a certain song. That ain't going to convict him of murder. No, no, of course not. Well, let's go. Well, you don't need me, Sheriff. I need somebody to pick up this fellow's trail and point him out to me, don't I? Well, I could tell you. Oh, we're just he... wasting time, Britt. If we're going after this man, let's get started. All right, all right, Sheriff. All right. <laughs> It took us a couple hours to ride back to the place where Jaeger and I had camped for the night. When we'd split up, he said he was heading south, so the sheriff and I looked around for his trail that way. We didn't have too much trouble finding it, and there was only one thing. He hadn't gone south, leastwise not for very long. As soon as he hit Little Creek, a mile or so from the camp, he turned west towards Saddle Mountain. We were able to make pretty good time the rest of the day, and that trail didn't look like he was in too much of a hurry, so I figured maybe we'd been gaining on him. We didn't stop for supper. We just kept right on going, and even after nightfall, there was enough moon so we could still make out his tracks. Well, about 9 o'clock, we were moving through the pass between Saddle Mountain and Porcupine Peak. We're getting pretty high up, too. Not very many trees, just a scrub pine every once in a while. Easy, Scott. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here. Hold up a minute, Sheriff. Huh? I... I thought I heard something. Huh. No, I guess I was wrong. Or maybe... Maybe the wind's changed. Or my, here. No, no. There it is again. You hear it? You hear it? Yeah. Yeah, he must be up there, right around that bend. I think we'd better move in on foot. Yeah, I, I rode up on him last night. He seemed tame enough. Well, okay. 
Hello, Jaeger. Why, Miss Ponce, thought you was heading another way. Yeah, I sort of changed my mind. Come back for another guitar lesson, huh? No, not exactly. Jaeger, this is Cleet Gentle from Pearl City. Howdy, Mr. Gentle. You, uh... Howdy. You two never met up before, Jaeger, while you were working in Pearl City. Huh? No? No, not that I recollect. Why? Mr. Gentle's the sheriff there. Sheriff? That's right. Well, I was only in town for a few days, and I was sort of on my good behavior. Least was, I, I never had no run-in with the law. Yeah. There's something I can do for you, gents? Jaeger, a fellow was shot the other day. Shot and robbed. Farmer just outside of town. Oh? He didn't recognize the man who did it. He remembers one thing about him, though. A song he was singing. Well, I... I reckon I ain't the only man that gives out with a song once in a while, am I? No. No, but this particular song... Well, it's the one you played for me last night. <laughs> I played a lot of songs for you last night, Mr. Ponce. Silver Threads Among the Gold. That was the name of it. Well? You said it was a new tune, as I recall. You picked it up back east. Did I? Yeah. Well, ain't you uh, kind of jumping to conclusions, Mr. Ponson? Nobody's accusing you of anything, Yeager. Well, then just what is it you want? I want you to come back to Pearl City with me. Let Homer Danfield take a good look at you, see if he can identify you. Danfield? Yeah, that's the man that was shot. He's still alive, huh? Do you think he was dead, Yeager? Oh, I, I didn't think nothing about it one way or the other. How much money you got with you? Oh, 40, 50 dollars. Mind showing it to me? <laughs> Money looks all the same, don't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here. 20, 30, 40, 45, 48. $48. Well, that's what I said, about 50 bucks. That's what Mr. Danfield had stolen from his china cabinet. About $50. Well, money's mine. I was working for the Santa Fe. They just paid me off the other day. You're wearing a gun, I see. Well, so are you. So is Ponce. I'll take it. Sure. All right, Jaeger. Let's go. You want to get started right now? As soon as you're ready. It'll take me a couple of minutes to get my pack together and my horse saddled. Well, I'll give you a hand. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ponce. Yeah, here. Would you mind fastening this onto the back of my saddle? I sure wouldn't want to go off and leave my guitar behind. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of it for you. Well, we rode all night, the three of us. Nobody did much talking, but every once in a while, Jaeger had let loose with some humming, some singing. He sure didn't seem very worried about what had happened when he came face to face with Danfield. I, I couldn't make up my mind. Maybe it was just that he had a clear conscience, or maybe he was putting up a good front for our benefit. Anyway, along about 6 o'clock in the morning, we were riding past the O'Hara farm. That meant we were almost there. Danfield's place would be next. Sean O'Hara came running out of the barn carrying a pail of milk. And when he saw us, he set the milk down and gave a holler. And... Sheriff Jenkins, hold up a minute, Sheriff. Oh, no, hold it, hold. Oh, Oscar. Morning, Sean. Ah, aha. So you found the fellow you were looking for, I take it. Yeah, yeah, we found him. Well, it's sure too bad you went to all this trouble. All right. What do you mean? 
Uh, poor Mr. Dunfield. He is no longer with us. No. He passed away a little before midnight last night. God rest his soul. Oh. Tell me, Sean, did he say anything more before he died? No, Sheriff, not a word. I see. Uh, well, what? Well, looks like you won't have no more use for me, Sheriff. You ain't gonna prefer charges of murder just on account of a song I happen to sing to Ponsett, are you? Well, yeah, I guess he's right, Sheriff. Yeah. All right, Jaeger. Here's your money and your gun. Thank you. Well, so long, gents. Come on, boy. Jaeger. Yeah? I don't know whether you had anything to do with this or not. I guess nobody will ever know for certain, except you. I guess that's so. But you'll know it, Jaeger. And if you did it all the rest of your life, you'll know it. That all you wanted to tell me, Ponce? That's all. Well, so long. What do you think, Britt? Did he do it? Uh, Sheriff, I just don't know. Uh, there's some coffee in the kitchen if you'd be liking a cup. Thanks, Sean, but I'd better get in town. Uh-huh. Hey, well, how about you, Mr. Ponsett? Uh, yeah, I... I reckon I could use a cup of coffee. Well, I'll be seeing you. Take it easy. Sure. Sorry you had that ride for nothing, Britt. No, it's all right. I guess I brought it on myself. So long. The kitchen's doors are on this way, Mr. Ponsett. No, it sure was a shame about Homer Dunfield. Yeah, yeah, sure. Here, morning, Pa. Oh, now it's about time you got up, young man. Uh, you, you remember Mr. Ponser, don't you? Oh, sure, sure. Hi, Britt. All right, just fine, Mike. Hey, what are you doing with Toby Yeager? Is he a friend of yours? Mm, no, not exactly. What, you, you know him, Mike? Oh, well, he was working over on the railroad. We met a couple of times. Played poker over at Red Pilpot's place. Oh, Michael, I told you, you can't afford to be losing your money. Oh, to... I never lost, Pa. Not when Toby was in the game. Why, he's got the worst luck any man I ever played with. Take the other night. The railroad paid him off, and he lost every cent of it. Now, what night was that, Mike? Was that the night Homer Danfield was shot? Well, come to think of it, I guess it was. I see. I see. Uh, I, I think maybe I'll skip that coffee for the time being, Sean. Thanks, anyway. Jaeger? Jaeger? Huh? Oh. What is it now, Ponson? Let you and me go into town, huh? What for? Easy, boy. Easy. That $48 you're carrying, that isn't Santa Fe money. What do you mean? You lost your pay the other night in a poker game, all of it. Oh? Where'd you get the $48, Jaeger? What well, might be kind of hard to explain, Ponson. It sure would. Looks like you was wrong, don't it? Huh? Well, you said if I was the fellow who shot him, nobody'd know it, except me. You shot him, huh? Sure. Well, then I was wrong. Maybe we'd better go back to Pearl City, huh? Sure. <laughs> 